Hi, Jesse. I'd love to open your show, too. Stop lying about our president. Instead, be like me. I believe everything our president says because Fox News and Alex Jones say scary things will happen if I don't. To me, being patriotic means believing whatever we're told, without question. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to episode 329 of your favorite listener-produced, listener-supported podcast. I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore, and sitting across from me, the lovely and talented and scholarly and eager to get the show on the road, my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. It has been quite the weekend. It, it, uh, it's been one of those weekends that seems busy as shit. Yes. But during which we got nothing done. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Because we've been glued to the TV and the goings on, what's been going on. Yeah. I guess that's accomplishing something. Well, I mean, that, that has happened, but I don't think that means doing nothing because we, we did a show. Yeah, we did. And, do, do a show. And we did a video. You did a video. <laughs> well... A video was was written, yes, and filmed, yes, and edited, mm-hmm. and uploaded to the YouTube to the YouTubes, and then it was demonetized, which sometimes happens when controversial yeah. topics are discussed. All too off, often on YouTube, it happens, and then at uh, six twenty in the morning, uh huh. With about 11,000 views, it was summarily taken down because of hate speech. Yeah. Because I created a video filled with hate speech. Well, you didn't. Of course I didn't. But that is the claim from YouTube. Well, what I, the only thing I can surmise is that I was targeted by all of the, the, the racist white supremacist trolls. Right. And a, a targeted campaign where they flag, flag, flag the video. YouTube takes it down mm-hmm. out of an abundance of caution. Yeah. Like, I didn't even include footage of the car crash in Charlottesville. Right. Because of that. Because I know that would be very disturbing. Uh, there were some some racial words used, racist words used. Yeah, so you did include footage of actual hate speech but the message itself from me was not hate speech right and under fair use you can comment on the footage yeah right yeah it's not because i use other people's footage no yeah so not not it so so i have appealed there is an appeal in process in process we'll see uh how youtube handles it um i'm gonna be very very unhappy because even now it was this week that I was going to start doing regular live streams. Yeah. And now my account has a mark against it. I've never had to deal with this. So I don't I had to look into it. Yeah. Which means until like November 11th, I'm not able to live stream even from my account cuz I'm not trusted enough. Yeah. Cuz of all your hate speech. Yeah, because I'm such a hateful character. Yeah. I can't be trusted to responsibly live stream on my own YouTube channel. Yeah. 
Facebook is looking a lot more enticing as time goes on. Well, and I wonder how YouTube will adjust its policies and the way that it responds to these types of things when Facebook starts to pay people per view yeah, that's, that's with getting the videos. Ready, that is getting ready to happen. Because people are going to leave YouTube and go to Facebook because they're not going to have this problem. Well, right? listen, the podcast doesn't necessarily have the reach that the, my videos on Occupy Democrats do, but... I guarantee I'd be getting a lot more views. I mean, my Occupy Democrat videos get between a half a million and a million and a half views every single time. Mm-hmm. If I was to even get a tenth of those numbers, it would be it would be well worth abandoning YouTube altogether, which seems to me to be a platform. Right? I don't know why we're so into this, but it seems to me to be a platform anymore for people who put on makeup. And people who unbox electronics and eat spicy chilies. And, you know, it, it just, I don't think they're looking for, for substance. Yeah, it seems like they're wanting to not run ads with controversial, supposedly controversial material. But, I mean, the news is controversial. They and run ads on CNN videos talking about this shit. Yeah, I mean, they're showing the car crashing into human beings on the news. And then they run a commercial for... You know, whatever depends. I don't know why that's the first well, thing that's coming to my mind. Even but. on YouTube, the, the CNN clips from the day from right. CNN or Fox News, right? They're running ads on YouTube prior to the video playing. So I don't understand it, and I'm just a I'm a tiny microscopic plankton in a giant ocean of, of content creators. I don't matter to them, so I'm not. It's not like I have any weight. Well, even people that have a substantial following on YouTube have complained about yeah. this and threatened to leave. So I think once YouTube starts paying people for views, they're they're going to see people go Face- Facebook. Yeah, they're going to see people move to a different yeah. platform. Yeah, and I I will likely be one of them. So uh, anyway, that happened, and yeah, you, listen, making a video takes all goddamn day. So it's just a lot of wasted effort. Although, listen, let me say thanks to the audience. Um, listening and not listening, who came to my aid, who saw on Twitter that I put it on Facebook, uploaded it to Facebook with a little message preempting the video that they had taken it down. It was too dangerous, I think I said. Too dangerous for YouTube. Thank you, everybody who shared it, who commented, who liked it, who pushed it into other people's feed to continue the message because the intent was heartfelt. And... As much as we like to do shows that are that are funny and engaging and lighthearted as much as we can, talking about the news, sometimes it's tough. And this, I think, is going to be one of those episodes that's kind of difficult. It's, it's going to be a little fiery, probably, um, because Donald Trump acted in irresponsible fashion after the events in Charlottesville, Virginia. But before we get to any of that... Thank you. I'm sure there's tons of new listeners who saw the video before it was pulled and have have come to check out the podcast. This is not going to be a regular business as usual program. We're going to address exclusively what went on in Charlottesville, the, the tone in the nation right now, the problems that we face relative to race, and these assholes 
who are trying to hijack basic human decency in the United States. But before we do that, let's move on to a few voicemails that we got, as well as some emails. First, the only e- voicemail that we got that was not Charlottesville-related, we'll get to, and then we'll push forward with the program. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Emma from Minnesota. I hope you guys had a great vacation. And I have been playing catch-up with your podcast while I am sick as a dog in bed. I feel like Jesse. I haven't been able to get up in a couple days. So I'm feeling your pain, Jesse. Anyway, I was listening to your podcast. I think it was 327. And you guys were talking about Pat Robertson and his grisly appearance. And I know what he looks like, but I decided to Google him and have a laugh. And it occurred to me that he looks strikingly like Jeff Sessions. So, to brighten your day, guys, we know that uh, hate doesn't age well. Anyway, love the show. You're both the best part. Bye. Well, uh, hate doesn't age well, usually. Uh, and that is certainly, well, I wouldn't even say he hasn't aged well. He's he's like 120 years old, so he's looking pretty good. How old is Pat Robertson? 85, 86, 87? I talked about it on the last show, but did not commit it to memory. 87. 87. Say so he's an old guy. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, poured into a Pat Robertson mold at this point. Oh, there is an update on Pat Robertson. And I don't have the music ready. Um, He fell off a horse and he's in the hospital. Yes. (laughs) I'm not laughing at the misfortune of falling off a horse. I'm laughing that a hateful asshole who's 87 is riding a horse. What are you doing? Well, they said that, uh, quote, horseback riding is one of Robertson's greatest passions. And at the age of 87, he still enjoys riding on a regular basis. He's expected to make a full recovery because he went to the hospital. Well, how did he? That's it, a was it a Shetland pony that he fell from? Because it was a horse, a big horse. I'm surprised he didn't crack his head. Apparently, he's more sturdy than he appears. Yeah, or he's just like this this bag of like chicken parts that just smushed to the ground. <laughs> the miracle of modern medicine. Imagine filling a hefty bag. Filling it with like just chicken parts, just squishy chicken thighs, skinless, boneless chicken thighs, and then just dropping it off a horse. It's just going to kind of go onto the ground. And then when you pick it back up, it's fine. The chicken thighs are fine. Is it fine? I think it's fine. That's Pat Robertson right now. Mm -hmm. 87-year-old bag of chicken parts. Oh, God. Good times. All right. Next caller, Emma. Emma from Minnesota, thank you very much for the call. We hope you feel better, like me, that you bounce back into the world of the healthy. Yes. And you're you're come away from Pat Robertson and the the ill, the chicken bag. Hi, Mr. Dollamore. My name is Dejon Douglas Ellis. I am a proud citizen of the city of Livermore, California. Um, I'm also an African American. Now, the fact of the matter is, though, the reason I called your show because I love your YouTube channel. I love it. And the fact of the matter is, I'm also a Republican. But I'm also a liberal, being the fact that I'm also, I'm also black. 
The reason I the reason I say that is I've been I've been listening to talks to Tommy Loner's um, YouTube page with Kate when she was on the Blaze, and I think her damn thing is a complete joke. She don't think that police brutality exists. I being the fact that I am a minority American, I already know that police brutality exists because I've been a victim of it. She don't know how it feels to be handcuffed and have your rights taken away as an American, as an American, and almost taking your life taken away because I also had a gun to my head by a police officer that was a rookie on the site. And he did not, if the sergeant did not stop him, I would have lost my life to this day. And I was only 14 when that happened. She do not think that basically that Black Lives Matter no, she thinks the Black Lives Matter movie is the new KKK, which I think is a bunch of bullshit. Well, unfortunately, it's in Tommy Lahren's best interest to continue to ignore stories like these and views like these. The reality, I guess I should say, of yeah. people's experiences, because that's that's what makes her money. That's what continues to grow her audience. That's right. And if she acknowledges it, as reality, then what is she? What is she going to do? She's going to lose her audience. She's not going to have her platform anymore. Yeah, she's not going to appeal to them anymore. Yeah, other than in their sick, twisted, masturbatory sessions. Right. So it's debatable whether or not Tommy Lahren even believes what she's really saying. But I don't really care about that question because matter, she yeah. is saying what she's saying, and until she acknowledges the reality that, yes, police brutality exists. Yes, black people face a different set of circumstances than you do, and it should be acknowledged. Not, not even that. She, I, I wouldn't... I, I don't expect miracles from Tommy Lahren. Because that would be a miracle. So I don't... I, I wouldn't... <laughs> yeah, that would be a miracle. Yeah. I don't think that I would expect her to say that black people have different experiences than she does... All I want's a fucking baby step. I want Tommy Lahren to say, I, little blonde white girl from South Dakota, have different experiences than black folks. That, I think, would be a step in the right direction. But we can't even get there. She believes Americans are a monolith. We're all the same. We all experience the world the same. When a cop pulls me over, Jesse Dollimore... It's the same exact thing that happens when he pulls over some of my black friends. And that's just maliciously naive is what that is. Intentionally naive. Right. That's plunging her fucking head into the sand. Well, and this has been all over this weekend because people that I know that rushed to social media to talk about Beyonce's Super Bowl halftime show or Colin Kaepernick, who obviously are passionate, right, about these issues, yeah, <laughs> have been silent on Charlottesville. So what message does that send? What am I to think about that? What is everyone to think about that? When Tommy Lahren chooses to tweet about Chelsea Handler after, after the night of Charlottesville with the torches... And then the morning where the bad shit continues and she's choosing to talk about Chelsea Handler's tweets. She's desperate to stay relevant right now. When if a Black Lives Matter protest was going on 
It would take her 10 seconds to get out her phone and send out a little political message that will be retweeted and favorited thousands of times. Yeah. Or maybe to jump out in her driveway and get in her car and do one of her new fancy videos. You mean in her new studio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, listen, Dejan, thank you for the call. Uh, the call, as you know, because you left the message, was cut short. Um, there was There was about a minute or so left, but... It got cut off because you went past the three-minute mark. Google voicemail doesn't allow messages longer than three minutes. We like to keep it a minute and a half, two minutes. And I thought that was the most impactful part of what you said, so we included that. Uh, we very much appreciate you calling in and sharing with us uh, your black American Republican uh, liberal perspective. Uh, very interesting. You're like a fucking unicorn. It's awesome. So thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. All right. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Nathan from Denver, uh, Colorado. And, uh, well, I, I have a lot weighing on my mind right now with the uh, Charlotte, Charlottesville uh, situation. Um I don't really know how to, you know, talk about this in a way that makes it useful or valuable, but I am in a long-term relationship, uh, getting married in November to a beautiful Dominican woman named Michelle, and uh, over the course of the last six months, we have felt like maybe we should go somewhere else. And this right now feels like the last straw. Uh, just don't feel welcome in my own country anymore that I can't, I can't be with the person that I love because she is under constant threat in this country simply because of the color of her skin. Anyway, uh, love to hear your thoughts on it, but I think, uh, I think it's time for us to pack up ship and move out. Thanks. Bye. So that was uh, hard to listen to. Heavy. That's the second time that I've listened to it. So I think I was a little more prepared to hear it this time. Um, I think Nathan is speaking to, again, a reality that people this weekend have been choosing to ignore. A lot of people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I would say most people, but too many people. Let's say that. Far too many. Yeah. I wouldn't quantify it because we don't know. Yeah. But certainly too many. I mean, think of what, what we had happen here. We had people who would normally cover their face coming out in the open to be photographed on the front page of newspapers put all over the internet for the world to see where they could be recognized, where people could figure out who they were, put a face to a name, figure out where they work, figure oh, out how old they are. That's Jerry. He works in the cubicle next to me. Right. Is that a Nazi salute? He's throwing up. Yeah. It's, uh. it's 2017. And, and these people were not afraid to come out and, 
publicly say, this is what I believe, this is what I feel. In broad goddamn daylight. So when you hear Nathan say that he's in this relationship, getting married, and that he doesn't feel safe, that it's not safe for his soon-to-be wife, Michelle, in this country. Yeah. This is... <laughs> no one should feel like that. No, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I share... Uh, well, one, I share your your lack of ability to even put it into words because it's so... It's fucking terrible. To be a citizen of this country, a contributor in this country, and have a president like Donald Trump fuel these fires, give credibility and power to these assholes. No one can say anymore that the alt-right isn't a racist movement. No longer can they say, oh, you can't call us Nazis. That's just what liberals do every time is call everybody Nazis. If you're carrying a Nazi flag, you're a fucking Nazi. Unless you're walking into a museum to make it an installment. Nazi fucks. That's what you are. I would say this as a matter of some comfort for you, Nathan, and your, your lovely fiance, Michelle. Let it cool off. Give it a week. The wounds, the psychic wounds, are very fresh. Even for me, and I'm not affected in the same way that you are. But if you give it some time, it won't be as hurtful as it is at this very moment. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But it'll be easier than it is right now to face the reality that we are facing. Plus, you've got a support network. There are hundreds of millions of Americans who don't think like Trump and his base, which, by the way, is shrinking rapidly. After this week, I can tell you this. Donald Trump enjoys... Less support amongst the Congress, less support amongst his cabinet, less support amongst regular Republicans. Sadly, he probably enjoys more support amongst alt-right people, Nazis, white supremacists, white nationalists, Breitbart.com readers, Steve Bannon acolytes, but regular... Loving, patriotic Americans, you're supported by. Plus, we need people to stand up to this type of hate, to this type of derision. There's a quote that I love. It is my favorite quote. It is misattributed to a man named Edmund Burke. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I try to live by this. And it is needed right now more than ever. And with you gone from the country, there's one less good man. 
with your new wife gone, there's one less good man. I know it's tough. These are maddening times. Keep your head up. I would also say in trying to look for positives in this horrific situation that what you said about the alt-right possibly being recognized more and more as a racist organization, that is far more likely because of what happened this weekend. Yeah. Where they were trying to distance themselves from that label. But now that's not the case. Yeah, you can't do that now. And it's been everywhere connecting alt-right with what happened in Charlottesville, with those images. So that is no longer a disconnect. And I'm seeing people say, hey, Steve Bannon in the White House used to work for Breitbart, yeah. said it was the platform of the alt-right. Yes. Huh, this is the alt-right. Uh-oh. These are problematic connections here. Right. I drew a straight fucking line in a YouTube video six months ago, eight months ago, from the KKK to the White House through Steve Bannon and the alt-right. And people, they, oh, you're crying wolf. This is, this is not the situation. This is the situation. You're exactly right, Brittany. And thankfully, maybe now, decent Republicans, and there are decent Republicans, maybe now, they will do the right thing and live by that quote. Only time will tell. Well, and Pew Research released some data on how Americans view the alt-right in December of 2016, and they found that there were wide partisan gaps in the views of the alt-right among those aware of it. So among those aware of it, when they were asked what their impression of the alt-right movement stands for, Mm open-ended, 34% said, this is total, Republicans and Democrats, total said white supremacy and white nationalism. So... Only 34%. Yeah, and 30% said they didn't know. Huh. So that was the highest, though, for a label that was assigned. But Republicans, 17% said white supremacy, white nationalism, and Democrats said 47%. Hmm. So there's a wide partisan divide there between admitting this problematic connection between white supremacy, white nationalism, and the alt-right. And listen... Unless you're Kellyanne goddamn Conway, there's no way to deny what took place. There's no way to deny who the perpetrators were in this case. These are tenuous times. All right. Nathan, keep your head up like I said. Give uh, give our love to Michelle, and we appreciate your listening very much. On to the final voicemail, and then we'll read some emails. Hi, guys. It's Dan from Oceanside. Hey, so I'm sitting across the country from Charlottesville just watching this stuff go down. And I'm I'm 35, and it seems like most of these, these uh, you know, white supremacist guys seem to be early 20s. So, you know, I've got a decade on them or so. But the ones that have been named or, you know, found out, it seems to be they're all from a very similar situation than I am, is that grew up kind of middle income, you know, white guy in, in America. And I don't... I don't know how they seem to think that any of any failure or something hasn't gone well for them and they're looking for someone to blame because if you're white and male and come from even you know a medium amount of money 
you have every benefit to do whatever you want in this country. You, you have benefits that no other people in the world have. So the fact that these little bastards get to like, you know, whining about we're not going to be replaced or whatnot. It's like you, 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 you have every opportunity to do anything you want to do. And any failure to do that is your own failure and you need to own it. The second thing that I'm, I'm struck by is I, I'm the last uh, male on my side of the family. My, my family name, you know, along, I have two kids and it gets passed to them, but I, maybe my, my proudest achievement, not that I ever thought about it until now, uh, as far as these neo-Nazi types are concerned, my wife is Hispanic. So I have kids, you know, my kids are mixed race. And so as far as neo-Nazis are concerned, I've white genocided myself and I'm going to, I'm going to get that like printed up on some kind of certificate and hang it in my house (laughs) that Nazis hate what I've done because that's usually the sign of doing something good. Winning. (laughs) Anyways, guys, uh, I can't believe we live in a country where the president can't say Nazis are bad. Uh, That's just. Goddamn. Are there people on Earth that can't say Nazis are bad other than Nazis? I, I don't, I don't get it. Anyways, keep up the good work. So I wish it was as simple as white men feeling as though they haven't achieved what they should have, and then just blaming it on others, and that causes them to become Nazis. But I don't, I'm not sure it's that simple. Let, let me say, let me say, can I say something? Yeah. That's. You're going to cringe. Just brace yourself. Okay. Well, maybe not cringy. But if you're a white male in this society, in the United States of America in 2017, and you can't perform, you can't achieve, it's not because of someone who's black. That is a, that is a fucking straw man. That is a red herring. Don't complain about affirmative action. If you can't get into a university, that's about you, brother. That's not about a black man or a woman or an Asian person. That's about you. Well, and with their inherent superiority, you'd figure that they'd be able to get over whatever (laughs) obstacle that's put in their way. Their, Their inherent genetic superiority because they are the master race. Right. So, like I was saying, I, I wish it was that simple, but I, I don't think it's that simple. I don't think that these people who come from uh, whatever background they might come from, they were dressed in khakis, so they're dressed nice. That might mean they're middle income. I don't know. I think it's more complicated, and I think they might stumble onto websites that offer certain ideas that are problematic. The Daily Stormer, for example, Breitbart, and they're feeling vulnerable and yeah, maybe they have parents who have engaged in either subtle or overt racism for most of their life, and they become influenced by that. Maybe their family also are Nazis. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but I, I don't think that someone just feels disenfranchised and then they become a Nazi. I, I think that's a pretty simplistic way of, of looking at the situation. You seem like you disagree. No, I'm just thinking about it. I, 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 I would, uh, I would lend, I would uh, default to your, your thoughts on the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just uh, I, listen. Well, no, I don't think you become a Nazi, but I think there's you know there's there's subtleties of the movement, like the men's right activist people, right, and the these other facets that kind of all blend into this misogynistic, xenophobic, racist kind of bullshit. Yeah, where it's it's everybody else is the problem, and if they were to get out of my way. Oh, then I would be a king among men. Mm-hmm. But it's only because of those bitches and those blacks. They're holding me down. If not for them, I would be a champion. Yeah. It's fucking, it's, that's cowardice. It's excuse making. And it's just vile. Yeah. I also don't know if we can look at this group and think of it as a monolith. Yeah. And... There might be some new listeners out there who who aren't aware or, or haven't heard the episode where I talk about being raised in a white supremacist family. That is my background. I was raised by two white supremacist parents uh, who moved me from California to Idaho to be closer to Aryan nations when it was located in Hayden Lake, Idaho. Yeah. And I went there. I saw cross lightings what they call them they're not cross burnings when i was a child they are cross burnings well (laughs) they are but it's it's a symbol of respect because they're all christians yeah yeah they don't want to say they're burning the cross they're lighting it to show the world the light of christ yeah it's insanity yeah and so i can only speak from my personal experience when my parents had white supremacists hanging out at our house all the time and flying the Nazi flag outside my house. Uh, Your neighbors probably really loved you guys. Yeah, I mean, I look at these pictures of these people and I see what used to be my childhood. Honestly. Yeah, it's tragic. And it is tragic. And typically when I see young kids at these things, I really feel for them because that was me. And yeah, you sent me a photo today from like 1992 at a Klan rally in Georgia. Yeah. Atlanta, Georgia, where there's a little kid. He must have a toddler. He must have been two years old. Yeah. And he's in a, a, the a hood. mini Klan outfit. Yeah. He's in a little tiny mini Klan outfit. And he is at the feet of a black cop with a riot shield at the ground. Right. And he's like picking at the cop's uniform. And it's just. It's emotional and sad and maybe a little uplifting that children don't they're not afflicted with racism yeah he might have been dressed as it playing the part in, in dress but it wasn't in his mind because he's a fucking baby anyway sorry so sorry i i i stepped on your line there mm-hmm. um your thought um that's why I defer to you, because I believe you have a, a greater than anyone I know, a better understanding of what what it goes into the psyche, the the character of someone who believes they are superior genetically because of their their skin color. Well, and I think it helps me recognize racist dog whistles like with Stephen Miller. I think it helps me see certain problematic arguments that people make where they're trying to be surreptitious with their racism, but I really know what they're saying based on the words that they're using. Yeah, yeah. A lot of code words. Yeah, and 
what it doesn't help with is understand the the full depth of how people come to that place because my parents are uneducated. Neither of them graduated high school. Uh, they were not like a Richard Spencer type Nazi. Richard Spencer is educated. Right. Went to Duke University. You could argue whether or not he's intelligent, but he's educated yeah. and he's able to manipulate people, lead a movement. He has some semblance of intelligence. I don't think my parents had that. And I don't think that they... They would have been the ones following Richard Spencer. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think the people that they had over, all of these skinheads that were fighting in the front yard constantly. <laughs> Goddamn. Um, Seriously, when's the book coming out? Yeah. Get, get to writing. <laughs> Jesus. I don't think that they were intelligent either. So I was surrounded by you these... You don't think? I know. It's shocking. The impromptu fisticuffs yeah. in the front yard. Yeah. Neighbors looking on, yeah, grinding their teeth. Ah, the pages, <laughs> the page fight club, the front yard. Um, I don't think that these people were able to intellectually articulate a legitimate argument. It was just buzzwords and things that they had always been told. Fuck the Jews. Yeah. So this indoctrination yeah. just gets passed on and passed on, and that's part of it too. Where maybe some of these kids come from families and they've been indoctrinated to not believe the Holocaust is real, to believe that they're descendants of the Vikings and that they're genetically superior and that they can't let go of white culture and all of these things and they never question it. White culture. Like there's white culture. But Ugh. hopefully they, <laughs> through the internet shame honestly, through the shaming that they're receiving from the from the internet right yes. now, will reevaluate their decisions. In fact, several of these people have been identified. And there was one guy who Is said... This the kid that went to Reno? He goes to University of Nevada, Reno? I believe so. And he said, I did not expect the photo to be shared as much as it was. Yeah. Which really means that he wasn't aware of the consequences. <laughs> God, that is awesome. That is exactly what that means. Or he was not aware that he was going to get in trouble. Yeah. For it being shared. Oh, I didn't know I was going to get caught. Yeah. So. It, try robbing an ATM. And then when you get caught, say that. Oh, oh, there was a, uh, a security camera. Well, I didn't know there was a security camera. Sorry. Everybody right. forgive me. And it's also frustrating for me because when I talk to these people, I don't know how to grapple with it because when I came out of it, I was still young. I was a freshman in high school yeah. when I came out of it. And it was only because I had teachers and peers who I would argue with and who would say, wait a minute, what'd you just say? Yeah. You know, that's not true. You still had a, a pliable, malleable mind that yeah. could be updated and changed. Yes. And, and accepting new information. And one that was willing to say, holy shit, everything my parents taught me was wrong. Yeah. Time to unlearn and relearn everything. What a daunting experience starting from scratch at 14 years old. And so it's scary, I think, for people. Imagine adults having to do that. Yeah. Listen, what, what you're doing is wrong. You're going to have to unlearn and relearn. It takes a lot of effort. It takes bravery. You also have to admit you were wrong. Yeah. People don't like Which doing also that. takes bravery. So <laughs> this isn't going in a very uplifting direction. 
because <laughs> the solutions the solutions are difficult. But ultimately, I do believe in change and that people can change. Yeah. And I think for these kids, he's not a kid. He's 20 years old. Some of these 20-year-olds that were protesting through the internet shame, if they're just being rebellious teenagers, if they're just trying to fit in, that maybe getting caught will stop this from happening. Well, listen, if, they, if they're just living out their troll persona online yes. in real life and realize there's fucking consequences to this shit, right. eh, maybe I better pump the brakes. Yes. Yeah. We're still answering Dan's voicemail, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Dan. All right. Although uh, I do love the white genocide myself line. Yeah. That's good. Well, have we explained what white genocide is? Let's explain it again for the new listeners. Okay. So white genocide is a term used by white supremacists, white nationalists, alt-right members to describe the dying white race through immigration, assimilation of other cultures, and interracial, interracial relationships. Yeah, interracial. So if, if, if you were a, a black lady, Brittany, mm-hmm. and we were to... To have kids, mm-hmm. uh, I would be contributing to white genocide because our offspring would be mixed race. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. Dan, thank you for the voicemail. We appreciate it very much. Listen, uh, we, we're going to read a few emails, but before we do, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Hey, Brittany and Jesse, I am saddened and infuriated by the tragedy in Charlottesville, Virginia this weekend. Even more infuriating for me was Donald Trump's non-statement. These bigoted, racist, degenerate assholes should be condemned in the strongest of terms, but Trump is unable to do so, maybe because he is one of them, possibly because he employs them, and definitely because he enjoys their support. His tweet about hatred and violence coming from many sides would be laughable if the situation were not so tragic. How in the fuck does he think it makes sense to demonize and otherize entire populations of people to incite violence and then say the hatred and violence comes from all sides? That's fake news. Love both of you, but Brittany is always the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I often think you're the best part, Brittany Page. Oh, I thought you were talking to Raina, who I often believe is the best part because she writes in these poetic yeah. emails. I like that. First of all, there's nuance there. Yeah. It's not just, yeah, he is one of them. I do believe he is one of them. But she's saying, is he one of them or is it because he employs them like with Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller and Sebastian Gorka or... Is it just he enjoys their support? Yeah. I think it's all of that. Mm-hmm. He hired those people because, well, they're all interconnected. He hired them because he's one of them. He enjoys their support because he's one of them. He employs them because he enjoys their support. And he's one of them. They're all, you could draw a straight line between all three, the triangle. Yeah, it's connected. It's the triumphant, the trifecta of hateful assholes. Well, this has been a problem for him before when he refused to condemn David Duke. That's right. And he was on with Jake Tapper at that time and said, I don't even know about these white supremacists and this David Duke. Right. Yeah, you do. Well, it's the KKK. Do you disavow? 
Well, I'm not going to disavow anybody until I know it's it's the KKK. Well, it's also <laughs> you fucking idiot. What do you mean you you're going to wait and see? Do you know the definitions of white and supremacy? <laughs> and then can you figure out what they might mean together? Yeah, is that uh, maybe? Goddamn, figure that out. And so we have another email, John in Cincinnati. Why does it take a Charlottesville to show America that we have a hate problem in this country? Heather Heyer was a courageous woman who marched to the front lines and stood with the few against the many to confront those who sought to do harm to marginalized communities. It shouldn't take her death to bring attention to the alt-right assholes being an out-of-control problem. These people are cowards who find comfort and strength in majorities. If white people weren't 70% of the population and a large group they didn't think they could sway with their bigoted ideology, they would cower back to their underground lairs like the cicadas they are. Real courage is standing with the few against the many, and not because you have the numbers, but because you've got the moral high ground. I thank Heather for standing with minorities and marginalized communities in the face of the hordes of haters in Virginia, and I thank you, Jesse and Brittany, for doing the tireless, thankless, and underappreciated work in the service of equality and justice and bringing the light to the plight of others who come from different backgrounds than yourselves. Not because you have the numbers, but because you have the moral high ground. Your virtue is the best part of the show. Well, thank you, John, in Cincinnati. Listen, we, we, uh, that is too, too kind. It really is too kind. I really like that line, standing with the few against the many. And that's what our goddamn government should be doing right now. That's what the Constitution is set to do. Not as it was written during the times of slavery and the shitty stuff that was going on. But right now, under the rule of law that we aspire to live under, it is protecting minority populations, whether it be religious or racial, against the, the majority, against the power structure in the country. That's why a cop has to read you your Miranda rights. Hey, listen, I'm going to arrest you. I'm in a position of power, but I want to let you know what your rights are. You don't have to talk to me. You have a right to an attorney. And if you can't afford one, the state will provide one for you. That's not a normal situation. Most countries don't have Miranda rights that they read. That's a good thing. That's a big deal. And it's because of our Constitution and the protection of our rights through the Bill of Rights. Standing with the few against the aggression of the many. I love it. And Heather Hare is the woman who died after the car rammed into the group of people in yeah. Charlottesville. Um, for those who may have been wondering when I when I said that name during the email, that's who she is. And we will get to that. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So we are 
gaining ground toward adding a third episode per month. We appreciate it very much. Patreon also serves as a method by which I supplement all of the YouTube monies that have been taken away from me by YouTube through demonetization and just outright removal of my goddamn videos. So, if you're in a position to, if you're so inclined, we would love to have you on board. Again, dollamore.com slash Patreon. The other thing you could do, go buy a t-shirt, go buy a mug, go buy a tote bag. dollamore.info and check out the selection. All kinds of colors, all kinds of sizes, all kinds of options. Dollamore.info. Be a classy laid. Hashtag classy laid. <laughs> Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So this is just going to be a continuation. But now is where we get into the crux of what took place in Charlottesville, Virginia this weekend. On Friday night, they amassed the alt-right in what they coined the Unite the Right rally, where they chanted things such as, you will not replace us, whatever the fuck that means. You will not replace us. 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 Again, this is a movement of fear and insecurity. These are white men, able-bodied white men in America who feel as though they're going to be replaced. Ostensibly, they feel that way. This is, they could essentially be chanting white genocide. That's right. Because this is what they're talking about. Code this, is, this is their fear. Again, code word. This is their fear. They amassed on the campus of University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia, with their tiki torches, which I'm glad has become a running joke over the weekend. This is another little clip of the kind of hate that you heard if you were there. In the midst of their chanting, you will not replace us, she's dis disseminating racial epithets. Hateful people. Uneducated. Whether they're educated or not, they are uneducated because they're not taking in the right information. They're clinging to ideas that have been, been debunked for hundreds of years. These are enemies of freedom. These are enemies of the United States. These are people who cling to the South and the Confederacy and Nazism. Losing ideologies they cling to. 
you know, I had someone on Facebook who once shared a racist video about immigration and it had hashtag white genocide in the caption. Hmm. And I commented on this and they said they, they didn't know what that meant. They didn't know that the video had anything to do with a Come racist on. movement or racist ideology. And I broke down exactly how the video used dog whistles to really speak to this community. And if you were to go look at the comments, that community was going wild for this video. And I've made comments to this person several times about the video. <laughs> it's kind of fun. You say that with a uh, mischievous grin on yeah, your it's face. Yeah, it's a good time. And he lashed out at me one day and said, oh, you know what? I know about your story and what you come from. And now all this makes perfect sense why you talk about these issues because you feel like you haven't dealt with that or whatever. He tried to psychoanalyze me. I don't even remember what he said. Please. It was amazing. I mean, it was a really good pivot. I have to I have to give him that. It was fantastic. And <laughs> it was fantastic. The thing is, I will never allow someone to try to say, "Oh, based on your experience, you're just lashing out because of your family." No. I want to try to work to stop this from happening. Yeah. Because I know what it's like in these communities. And these people <sighs> That woman, she's not, like you said, she's not educated. She's probably hurting inside. She doesn't understand the world. And she's hateful and walking around with all this hate inside of her and lashing out at people and yeah. viciousness. And this isn't good. It's not good for society. It's not good for her. It's not good for anybody. And... To try to stop people from speaking out against these communities for any reason is ridiculous. Well, that's the other thing, is that these are people. They are Americans. They are human beings. And we can't just dismiss them out of hand. Because they're going to be alive for another 60 years, many of these people. It is our duty as loving human beings to try to turn them, bring them back into the fold of rationality and reason. I don't know how to do that. Well, even prevent other people from going down that path yes. because we don't want this movement to grow. Yes. We don't want it to grow. And so you want to be commenting on these dog whistles, on the problem of the alt-right, on these problematic views, because people should not be drawn into this and start saying, oh, wait a minute, what's this movement over here? They had quite a bit of people there. Yeah. I want to look into this. Oh, some of these ideas kind of resonate with me. Well, no. Why are they resonating with you? This needs to be a conversation because this is not a movement based in reality again. For sure. Well, listen, the the evening didn't go well with the torches and the chanting. And then the next day. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I thought I really thought it was just going to be the one day deal. The nighttime. Yeah. Actually, the, it was it was supposed to be just the daytime, I think. And then they so they were just they were just pre funkin. Yeah. At night. People were surprised by the nighttime huh, march. OK. Apparently, that's what I've heard. Well, the next day it turned into the full fledged hundreds of Nazis and their ire and their anger and their intolerance didn't just stop at racial issues. It spilled over 
into the LGBT community. And this particular rally was attended by the young douchebag who allegedly, for legal reasons I will say, allegedly plowed his car into a group of counter-protesters, killing one whom we've already mentioned and injuring dozens. We found a group of resistance, a large group marching. Holy shit! Holy shit! That Nazi just drove into people. people. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Holy shit! People are badly hurt. Oh my god, badly hurt. Badly hurt. We need paramedics right now. Go! Holy shit. A car just drove into people causing a multi-chain accident. So his name is James Alex Fields Jr. James Alex Fields Jr. And again, he's 20 years old. Seems like a lot of these kids... They're not kids. A lot of these people... I keep making the mistake of calling them kids because they... Well, you're getting older. It's it's just a natural thing that happens. That's true, but also they <laughs> seem to be problematic. Not not mature. Well, they're Let's acting, say that they're acting out like fucking children. Yeah, they, it's they, easy to call them. They kids. strike me more as teenagers. Well, he's than a grown adults. goddamn man. Yeah, I was almost man. out of the Marine Corps when yes. I was 20 years old. I think it's an important correction. That's why I keep correcting yeah, no, myself. It's good. It's good. And I will continue to correct myself for as long as I stop making the mistake. Okay, uh, he's from Ohio and he, traveled to Virginia for the rally. Yeah, they have the media has figured out his background and he has problematic views white supremacist views idolized adolf hitler they have interviewed his i believe high school history teacher Mm -hmm. and that teacher remembers him having very extreme views and some anger behind them as it was described so that teacher said that he was into nazism and had a quote fondness for Adolf Hitler. Uh, so this obviously, like you heard the person scream that Nazi just yeah, rammed his car into yeah. protesters. So it was pretty clear. He also is a guy happening. who joined the army and was dismissed during basic training. We don't know the reasons yet. Uh, Jake Tapper tweeted today that it was because he couldn't pass the necessary requirements. Yeah. Well, that's pretty vague. Yeah. That could be physical. That could be psychological. We don't know what that yeah. means. Yeah. But let me, well, uh, I'll keep my opinions to myself about people who leave early. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. No, that's not what I'm getting at. Although I most certainly was <laughs> a United States Marine. Yeah. Some would question that and say, oh, no, no, no. Once a Marine, always. Look, I, I get it. I know. It just became a catchphrase on the show. Yeah. I, I fucking hate getting questioned or, or corrected on the once a Marine, always a Marine philosophy. I know that's what people say. Yeah. 
I get it. Okay, I want to pause really quick. I don't want to move on from James Alex Fields Jr., but we've been reviewing all the problematic things that happened at this rally, and I don't want to forget to mention that there were also Nazis dressed in, like, tactical gear, like military tactical gear. Lots of Kevlars, lots of helmets. Carrying large guns uh, with Confederate flags sewn onto their little outfits. They looked like official... Like, military like national guard yeah who had been dispatched right but they were nazis and they yeah. were walking around like that trying to blend in with the troops so would someone tell me what would happen if black lives matter protesters dressed up like that and carried around whatever guns those were uh, th- it would be fucking outrage i can't even imagine what would happen there would be panic in the streets if hundreds of black young men showed up with guns to protest. Can you fucking imagine? And this goes to the core of the hypocrisy of what took place. Before we move on to that, this James Alex Fields Jr., this alleged, I say that for legal reasons, murderer, Some AP reporters tracked down his mother in Ohio, and I don't think she knew what was going on. I thought it was Virginia or something. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, Yeah, he, he, and and again, right now he's just accused, but there was video of him running his car into the crowd. uh, Running his car into a crowd of people? Yeah. Did it hurt anybody? Yeah, there's one fatality, and I want to say 24 people. Um, my name's Samantha Bloom. I'm his mother. I'm so sorry. This is a terrible way to do this. You haven't been notified at all about this? No. Well, so this is the first you're learning of it. Mm. So sorry. Was there any indication that this might be kind of where he was going? I just knew he was going to a rally. I, I mean, you know, I, I tried to stay out of his political views. He, you know, we don't, um, you know, I don't really get too involved. I moved him out to his own apartment. So we, I'm watching this cat. So, I mean, the human heart like I said, I don't really talk to him about his, you know, political views. I mean, he just, so I, I don't really understand or what, the rally was about or anything so okay um i just know there isn't he did mention what is albright what is it al albright albright no albright it's like um alternative right Right. it's um yeah ultra conservative um white supremacist organization i didn't know it was white supremacist i thought it had something to do with trump Trump's not a supremacist. I mean, he had um, an African American friend. I mean, so. Oh my God. Christ. I, that's, is this surprising to you then, I guess? Yeah, that he would run his car into a group of, of people for. I, I'm really not clear on. Well, no, Trump's not a white supremacist. He, he bumped into a black guy on the street one time. How? No. What? The Albright? It's the the Albright? 
Yeah, this was a weird reaction. I don't buy it. Also, oh, well, was anybody hurt? It sounds like she knew what the fuck. I wouldn't go that far. And I'm just saying how it sounded to me. Okay. And I also, there's been a lot of vitriol directed at her and well, i'm not i'm not hateful about her i'm not saying that you are i'm saying what other people have said very defensive. relax i'm very defensive right now i know you. jesus <laughs> um so there's a lot of vitriol being directed at her and this happens anytime yeah. someone is doing something wrong and then they go interview the parent and blame the parent for whatever happened again he is an adult well, and but but there is a problem here where she's saying that I don't know about his political views. Well, in high school, he idolized Adolf Hitler. So yeah. where did he get that? If a teacher knows he idolizes Adolf Hitler and you act like white. Oh, the alt right white supremacist. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, your son's a fucking white supremacist. You know, he loves Adolf Hitler. Don't act like you don't know that. Also, are you babysitting the cat outside only and not going in the apartment? Because I assume someone that has these views and has had them since high school is going to have some sort of memorabilia in their home. Right. Problematic books, possibly own Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler, as many white supremacists do. Um, I... I just don't see this. This isn't adding up. Yeah. And there was a lot of distancing language there. Yeah, for sure. And then she also took it upon herself to defend Donald Trump in that moment, which seems like a not the best time to <laughs> not the best time. Well, he won Ohio. So she's, you know, among friends, probably. So I know I probably <laughs> came off very weird just now where I was like, Brittany, you always come off half, halfway saying, well, let's not attack her. And then I started like, you know, going off. Yeah, because bit. you felt like I felt. Well, I didn't just, add up. I'm saying we don't know for sure. So I'm saying if this is hey, what Brittany, it is. I know for sure. Yeah. All things I say <laughs> I know about for sure. If, if that's the way it is, <laughs> then yeah, the vitriol is, is warranted. If there's something going on that I'm missing and all of my senses are going off and it's just I'm completely misguided, then okay, whatever. Kind of a crazy moment, though. A couple of AP, three, it sounds like three AP reporters coming upon her in her garage. She's sitting there in her wheelchair. Yeah. And they're, they're the first to let her know. It was awkward. Yeah. It was awkward to listen to. For sure. Yeah. And fuck that guy. Yeah. Because he is the alleged, I have to say that for legal reasons, murderer of an innocent young woman who was counter-protesting, standing in the gap for people of color, for the LGBT, for the groups that the alt-right, white supremacists, white nationalists would like to marginalize even further than they are. Speaking of marginalizing even further than they are, the president came out and gave a statement on this prior to signing a bill about VA health care. And it was as pathetic and fucking impotent as you would expect. But we're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. On many sides. On many sides, Brittany Page. He condemns the violence on many sides. You know, the, the counter-protesters 
who had a car smashed into them, killing one and injuring dozens. They were part of the side that also was killing people. Oddly enough, no one else was killed except at the hands of the Nazis. Yeah. But Donald Trump wants to make a point to say, look, many sides, I just want to distance myself from shitting on my supporters. Right. And this is a group of my supporters. Yeah. He doesn't have the integrity to do so. Been going on for a long time in our country. Not Donald Trump, not Barack Obama. This has been going on for a long, long time. Again, this is just a start and stop fest, Brittany Page. He thinks this is about placing blame on him so much that he has to distance. Oh, no, no. Look, racial animosity has been going on for a long time. Nazis kill people all the time in America. This is not my deal. Yes, it is, Donald Trump. You're giving these people voice. You're giving them confidence to be out in public, waving their Nazi flags with their Confederate flags in the other hand, Nazi saluting all over the place. Well, they certainly feel emboldened. And when asked for an explanation, they say, well, Donald Trump said that we're going to take our country back. We're going to get to that clip, too. So it's not as though Donald Trump can distance himself, but his attempt to do so says a lot, I think. It is no place in America. What is vital now is a swift restoration of law and order and the protection of innocent lives. No citizen should ever fear for their safety and security in our society. Unless maybe they're at one of your rallies where you're saying, I'd like to punch him in the face. Or I'll pay the legal bills of anyone who assaults a protester at one of my political rallies. Unless it's then. And no child should ever be afraid to go outside and play or be with their parents and have a good time. I just got off the phone with the governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, and we agreed that the hate and the division must stop and must stop right now. We have to come together as Americans with love for our nation and true affection, really, and I, I say this so strongly, true affection for each other. Our country is doing very well in so many ways. We have record just absolute record employment. We have unemployment, the lowest it's been in almost 17 years. We have companies pouring into our country, Foxconn and car companies and uh. so many others. They're coming back to our country. Uh. We're renegotiating trade deals to make them great for our country and great for the American worker. We have so many incredible things happening in our country. So when I watch Charlottesville, to me, it's very, very sad. Sad. I want to salute the great work of the state and local police in Virginia. Incredible people. Law enforcement. Incredible people. And also the National Guard. They've really been working smart and working hard. 
They've been doing a terrific job. Federal authorities are also providing tremendous support to the governor. He thanked me for that. And we are here to provide whatever other assistance is needed. We are ready, willing, and able. Above all else, we must remember this truth. No matter our color, creed, religion, or political party, we are all Americans first. We love our country. We love our God. We love our flag. We're proud of our country. We're proud of who we are. So we want to get the situation straightened <laughs> out in Charlottesville. I, and we want to study it. I, and we want to see what we're doing wrong as a country where things like this can happen. My administration is restoring the sacred bonds of loyalty between this nation and its citizens. But our citizens must also restore the bonds of trust and loyalty between one another. We must love each other, respect each other, and cherish our history. Who, who is he talking to? And also, he doesn't even believe what he's saying. Listen to how forcefully he's saying it. He's yeah. not. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He's just reading it. Yeah, it's, it's as though, here, someone just handed it to him while he was walking up there. Oh, okay, yeah, got it. I'll just roll with it. Who cares? Also, another dog whistle there. Cherish our history. Right. Our culture. That's the kind of thing. Those are the terms that are used by white supremacists. Yeah, so he's not explicitly condemning white supremacists, neo-Nazi, KKK, alt-right members. And then he talks about cherishing our history, which what are they there protesting? What are the Nazis protesting? Oh, they're protesting the removal of a Confederate monument, Robert E. Lee. Right. Which That's they the consider, history. That is right. That's the history that white supremacists are cherishing. So who's Donald Trump talking to in that moment? Who do you think he's talking to? Who is he blowing the dog whistle for? And I swear to God, I feel gaslighted every time someone says... No, he did condemn the hatred and bigotry. No, he didn't. He did not explicitly say it. And until I see him come up to a microphone and say, I condemn the white supremacists, white supremacy, neo-Nazi, white nationalism, right, yeah. white nationalists, I don't need your support. I don't want it. You disgust well, me. Well, even if he does it, it's too late because he had his moment. That's true. It's too late. He had his fucking moment. And now it would just be, oh, now I have to do it. Okay. But I'm speaking to the likes of Tommy Lahren yeah. and these other types yeah. that are saying our president. What type? Morons? Our president condemned it. No, he didn't. Well, let us he's got 10 and a half seconds left. Let's see if he does it inside of that 10 and a half seconds. And our future together. So important. We have to respect each other. Ideally, we have to love each other. Hmm. Well, he didn't say it. Keep in mind, words not used. White supremacists, white nationalists, alt-right, Aryan nation, Nazis, racial hate groups. None of that was, was condemned. Also, who... Who's he talking to? Many sides. We have to love each other. Is he saying that uh, white supremacists need to love Jews and black people? Or Jews need to love them because they're other human beings. Yeah. What, what, what is he saying about this? We need to love each other. This is the problem of vague statements. And people like Richard Spencer took this statement and said, oh, look, he's condemning Antifa. 
that that is what happened because Donald Trump also tweeted and said, well, something vague and stupid just like this. And Richard Spencer tweeted it and said, oh, is he he's he's uh, he's condemning Antifa. He's 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 a he's condemning the police and their inaction here. He's not he's not shitting on us, the alt right. There was even a Daily Stormer, which is a neo-Nazi website, and they gave a breakdown of exactly why they appreciated the president's statement. They said, quote, Trump's comments were good. He didn't attack us. He just said the nation should come together. Nothing specific against us. He said we need to study why people are so angry and implied that there was hate on both sides. So he implied the Antifa are the haters. There, are, there was virtually no counter-signaling of us at all. He said he loves us all. Also refused to answer a question about white nationalists supporting him. No condemnation at all. When asked to condemn, he just walked out of the room. Really, really good. God bless him. This is that moment right here after the press conference and the bill signing. Reporters asked questions about support whether or not he accepts their support or he condemns their support or condemns their beliefs. And rather than answer their questions, which would have taken 10 fucking seconds, he walked out. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. Appreciate it. Mr. Mr. President, President, a number of the white nationalists... Mr. President, do you want the support of these white nationalist groups? You say they support you, Mr. President. Mr. President, have have you denounced them strongly enough? A car flying people... And that was a dog whistle. A lot was said by his silence. A lot was communicated to the Nazis who write on the Daily Stormer. That they felt emboldened by that. Supported by Donald Trump because he chose not to say anything. Also, think of just being a normal person. And someone asks you, do you want the support of these white nationalists? You, you're going to have a, visceral, a visceral reaction to that yes. question. No, of course not. And he just walks out of the room. Remember when he was appointing delegates in California and he gave William Johnson, the white nationalist racist, a delegateship. And then once the media found out, only until the media found out, did they pull his delegate, being a delegate. He has appointed Steve Bannon. He has appointed Stephen Miller, who was very close to Richard Spencer at Duke University. He's up to his fucking eyeballs in racists in the White House. This isn't just conspiracy. This is the real deal. Listen to David Duke, the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, talking about why they were in Charlottesville. And what they're doing to promote the agenda of Donald Trump. What does today represent to you? The camera's right here. What does today represent to you? This represents a turning point for the people of this country. We are determined to take our country back. We're going to fulfill the promises of Donald Trump. That's what we believed in. That's why we voted for Donald Trump. Because he said he's going to take our country back. And that's what we got to do. He said, we're going to take our country back, and that's what we've got to do. We have to take our country back, is what Donald Trump told David Duke. And David Duke admonished Donald Trump on Twitter uh, and said, listen, we all voted for you. 
So it's time to come out. Really give us some support directly. Yeah. <laughs> well, his silence was support. Yeah. Well, I think it's a bridge too far if David, he expects him to come out and say, I, I appreciate these racist murderers. Yeah. David Duke wants him to go further, though. Like he says, yeah. we, we're the ones who voted for you because we want to take our country back. So now we're ready for you now that you're in there to really show us what you've got. No more subtle signs. Yeah. No more appointing Steve Bannon and doing subtle things that make us happy. We want to hear it. It's not even people like David Duke, though. Sebastian Gorka, who we've talked about on the show before, is apparently some terrorism expert. I say that tongue-in-cheek, and I used air quotes, because he is not. He is the most disrespected member of that that community. He was on a Breitbart radio show. Remember, the platform for the alt-right as an administration official going on a radio program, talking about the threat of Islamism in the world and the terror threat that they pose. And they went on this little jag about how white supremacists, ah, they're not a problem. This was only days. We were going to talk about this last episode and didn't have time, and I'm glad we didn't play it because it fits right in right now with what is taking place. That white men aren't the problem, he says. It's not white supremacists who are the problem. Tell that to the woman who died, Sebastian Gorka. Dr. Gorka, just before I let you go, I know uh, know we've got a very short time with you this morning, but uh, just before I let you go, I wanted to ask uh, a little bit about this. There's a Times of Israel story that has come out uh, based on one of your your recent interviews on uh, MSNBC, uh, where you talk about lone wolf uh, uh, terrorism and and the fact that this, you know... you say that this phrase was invented by the previous administration to make Americans stupid. We're talking about radical Islamic terrorism here, um, and I and I evidence in and you evidence in your book, and I evidence in my forthcoming book that the, the, the linkages and the networks are, are, are so very clear uh, in all of this sort of stuff. Uh, the question I have for you is somewhat atypical. Why do you even have to point this stuff out? Oh my gosh! Because just look at look at Twitter. Look at you know, Maggie Haberman and her acolytes in the fake news media who immediately have a conniption fit and say, what about Oklahoma City? What about Oklahoma City? Hey, that individual's not a jihadi. My mm. comments were about jihadism post-11. Exactly. Second, Timothy McVeigh had accomplished. Oh, and by the way, this is the one I love. That event was 22 years ago. Can mm. you talk to me about the last 16 years of hundreds of thousands of people killed in the Middle East by jihadis. It's, mm. it's this constant, oh, it's the white man. It's the mm. white supremacist. That's the problem. No, it isn't Maggie Haberman. It's not the white man. It's not white supremacy that's the problem, Maggie Haberman from the New York Times. Since 9-11, 50 Americans have been killed by Islamism. And over 300 people have been killed by white supremacist activists and terrorists. In this country. That is a problem. And for him to bury his fucking head in the sand. Or try to mislead Americans. To thinking that's not the case. Is not just disingenuous. It's dangerous. Well uh, this is a weird trap. That people fall into anyway. Where they try to say. This isn't a problem. This is the problem. Well how about there's multiple problems. That's absolutely right. And why are you trying to act as though. White supremacists 
aren't a problem because even one white supremacist seems like a problem. Well, when when there's a group of hundreds and a woman is killed, a woman is murdered, that's a problem. Is radical Islamism a problem in the world today? Yes. Is 50 people dying at the hands of it too many? Yes. But it doesn't take away from the danger, the real threat that is posed by these radical conservative racists in America. The problem here with the Trump administration is it's not just fringe characters like Sebastian Gorka. This morning, Tom Bossert was on with Jake Tapper, and even he couldn't find it within himself to condemn white supremacists, white nationalists, the alt-right, the radical conservative movement that we saw in Charlottesville. And Governor Chris Christie and Congressman Pete Sessions and on and on and on what they think. They have gone public making it very clear that they don't think President Trump was specific enough in condemning white supremacists. So it doesn't really have any effect or bearing what I think. I'm asking you, all these Republican officials who want the president to succeed are saying this didn't go far enough. Yeah, I think you should give yourself more credit because what you do think does invade and pervade the things you, you say on, on, on air and the things that you cover. I also think that what you believe and what you think is important, as, as the president uh, does as well, he believes all Americans should have a conversation and an open debate on this matter. This is unacceptable. Uh, this violence cannot stand. He made that clear yesterday. I think that the other statements that you've highlighted, uh, Governor Christie and, and, uh, and the other leaders in the party that you've quoted, have all said things similar. They've all denounced the violence, denounced the groups that showed up. And by the way, we had protesters and counter-protesters that showed up yesterday. Uh, this is the very challenge that confronted the mayor and his police officials, and fire officials, the National Guard officials that were called out in advance. These were people who showed up intentionally looking for trouble. These weren't people that showed up to protest a statue. I'm sure there were good people uh, in the group that had various opinions on the removal or, or maintenance of the statue. But what they, were, what, they, what they found when they showed up were groups from outside that showed up on both sides looking for trouble, dressed in riot gear, prepared for violence. It's not tolerated. It's not tolerable. I think it's all as Republican unity in terms of denouncing it. And I think you saw the president stand up very clearly and not only denounce it, but rise to a presidential level of calling for a counter message of love and dignity and respect for fellow human beings. How many people did the counter-protesters kill yesterday, Mr. Bossert? Well, I'll tell you, one death is too many, Jake. And, but that uh, wasn't by the counter-protesters. She this. was, the victim I, was a counter-protester. Um, the victim hold, was hold a counter-protester. Hold on one moment, Jake. I don't, I, don't for, I, don't, I don't for one minute, I don't for one moment, and I won't allow you for one second to put me in a position of being an apologist for somebody who is now a charged murderer. This individual should face swift justice. The President of the United States shares that view. I know he does. Uh, I share that view deeply, and I don't want to be put in a position, I won't allow you to put me or him in a position of not finding that, finding that justice as swiftly as possible. You just, that you just decried you should, both you sides. Probably for a moment. You just decried both well, sides. Here think, we have a situation, Mr. Bossert, no. where, where neo-Nazis, no, no, I don't, I the don't, Klan, I don't paint, all I don't rights, paint. and others yeah. went to Charlottesville, Virginia, 
chanting anti-Semitic, anti-African-American, and other racist slogans, provoking the people yep. of Charlottesville, Virginia, making them feel intimidated. Yes, violence did break out. One person was killed by one of these alt-right Klan Nazi protesters, and you just decried yep. both sides of this, and no, this is the issue. No, no, I didn't, and you're making this issue a little bit distorted. So. What I would decry is the individual that committed murder yesterday. What I would do, though, is, is quibble with uh, this, this notion that any of this is acceptable. Uh, these groups showed up spewing hate. Uh, these groups showed up looking for violence. What and groups? I think it's just important for people to understand. What groups are you referring uh, of to? Of course, the groups that showed up. Uh, well, I, I, I refer to the that clashed yesterday. I think it was pretty graphically evident. Uh, are you talking about the neo-Nazi neo-Nazis, or are you talking about the counter-protesters? One, one, one of the things that I think the mayor uh, will make clear to you, uh, and, and probably stated earlier, and on your then program, I know he, he rambles morning, on was the difficulty he for another six or seven minutes, refusing, at the worst, to decry, to denounce white supremacists. The easiest thing that should be able to be done is to say, yeah, fuck those Nazis. He refuses to do it. Jake's given him, JTAP has given him the easiest out. What groups are you denouncing? Well, I think it was evident which groups. But if it's so fucking evident, why can't you just say it? Yeah. And finally, at around the 11 mark, 11 minute mark, at the very end, Jake Tapper says, you know, I just. I'm very confused because you're not like saying white supremacist. I mean, he lays it out for him. And finally he says, okay, all right. If that's what you need. Yeah. Well, too late. You were given the chance several times during the interview. And only when it's the last resort and you have no other way to turn, do you do it? And so why and, is look, that? I don't, Tom, I don't believe Tom Bossard is probably a racist. I think it's, He's beholden to Donald Trump. And he was given a message from the administration, from the White House, from the Oval Office, avoid shit-talking any specific group. So he's likely in hot water because he was forced to be a decent human being and say what every normal person is thinking. So what are our takeaways here? We have a lot of work to do. We are a broken nation in many ways, but a nation that is filled with loving people who possess empathy and compassion and decency and a passion to make this country better. We are the majority here. They are not the majority. We need to metaphorically step on their fucking neck and end the pervasiveness of hate and intolerance and racism. And don't be silent. Do not be silent. Show your solidarity. Uh, Listen, if they can march around with their fucking Nazi salutes and Nazi flags, we can certainly march around and be open about love and acceptance and tolerance. Yeah, and... You can use your voice with your family and friends. You can use your voice on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, reach out to us. Share your thoughts. 
I mean, <laughs> we we have to talk yes. about this because it's the only way to process it and get through it. You can't ignore it. And I've seen some people saying, oh, well, what if we just ignored them? Yeah. I don't know if that's the best approach. Head in the sand is always the best way to go. Yeah, I think that it needs to be confronted head on. And I think that's what we're doing. And it's what we should do. So we welcome um, another round of emails and voicemails. We want to be an outlet for you to vent. We want to hear what you think. We want to hear what you're feeling. Like Nathan and Michelle in Denver, Colorado. We, we want to know what's going on in your life and how this has affected you. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And uh, we're with you. Keep your chins up. This is America. It's been a bumpy ride. We've had some, some dark moments in our history. But we control the future. We control what happens going forward. We're going to make this a better world. We're going to make this a livable world for our children and their children. But it takes effort. Nothing worth anything was ever done easy. And this, like that, will be tough. So we love you guys. We'll see you next time. Listen, if you want to sound off, 657-464-7609. Of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit with dollamore.com. We will see you next time on episode 330 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Or he's just like this this bag of like chicken parts that just smushed to the ground. <laughs> the miracle of modern medicine. <laughs> <laughs>